Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm going to really, really, really quickly go into my, my takeaways from playing Cyberpunk early. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Watch Time, as it is going to be our second last episode of the year. We got Amazing. this one, got one next week, and then we're going to be taking a two or three week break over Christmas and New Year's to kind of reset, readjust, and then we'll be back in force in 2021. 2021. I actually can't even Get believe. me out of this year! I cannot even believe it. Like, it feels like we started this podcast the first week of 2020, I think. So we've been doing it a year now. Isn't that insane? Damn. Yeah, that's that's a while. It's a that's a commitment. Especially we, considering you well. spent half of it in Canada. I know. We like I can't believe we set up this whole podcast room at the start of the year, made it look amazing. Three months in, we couldn't have predicted what was gonna happen. But Corona. We made it work. I'm proud of us. No, nah, it was been, good. It's been really, really good. I've enjoyed this so much and it's been a good time to reflect on like our business as it's grown, where our business is in compared to at the start of 2020 is in a totally different spot. We're in an amazing place right now. And um, yeah, I'm excited, but excited for a little break as well. Definitely, because it's been a hectic month. It's going to be a hectic month and it's definitely been a hectic week. Yes. How my week has been really, really good. I love this period of the year because I feel like everyone's kind of like excited in Australia. It's summer, it's warm. There's a lot of Christmas parties going on, lunches, and everyone's trying to wrap up about 250 things before the end of the year, or at least I am. I feel like my list is getting longer and longer by the day, but I'm kind of like running on adrenaline at this point. And I, I love that feeling of just being like, okay, got to like do this, do this, do this. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like that. it's also been good. Like more and more, I'm noticing you being back from Canada and back in Australia, back in the office, back with people and being able to like vibe with everyone yeah. again has been like a good thing as well. Yeah. The energy has been really amazing. I was with, um, the click office energy right now is so good and I'm loving it. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's amazing. And it's been a windy road to get there. And, you know, Emma texted me yesterday because we've been having some catch-up meetings with everyone in the office. Like, at the end of the year, we're just doing, like, a 30-minute catch-up with everyone one-on-one -on -one and talking feedback and progress and that sort of thing. And the feedback from the team has just been so good and everyone's in such a good place and just talking about how they're excited to come to the office every day and, like, leave the office energised at the end of the day and not drained. And, like, oh, it, like, makes me emotional. I feel like... It's, you know, it hasn't, it, it's a winding road to get to that point. And I think a year ago, I almost, you know, like I've suffered with a lot of imposter syndrome, I think, and have felt as though like, oh, I don't know if I'm qualified to be like a boss or leading this and doing all the things that we're doing and working out for me how to like bring people on that I can trust that can help yeah. me get things done has been a journey a personal journey myself and I feel like we're finally in an, such a good spot 
and the fact that it's been kind of a windy road to get there like makes me all the more grateful for it yeah it definitely feels a lot more um yeah i don't know i, I guess like it, it feels like I, I was saying i think we were talking about this last week very briefly i don't want to mm. i don't want to go back onto it because we've got more stuff to talk about but it was that uh i think when you know like uh, I, and i'm sure starting any business is like this but when the first couple of years of like building a company it, it can almost be like building on quicksand, you know, because yeah. you don't really know where things are going. You don't have a solid direction yet. You're still figuring out who the right people are to work with, what yeah. fits where, how the best place to do things is. And there's constantly things that you try and put up and then they collapse. And then you put that up and then it collapses. And eventually you put up things like, okay, that one's solid. And then you put up another yeah. one and then that one stays. And now I feel like we have that yeah. at least base level uh, quite like really really nice yeah. and then and that's now, okay like it's yeah. okay to try things and we're still them. throwing up new things that can fall down but the point is you've now got that base level to work off and you've got a core team that you know has like got your back and the team will i'm be fucking in love with. with our team yeah. right now yeah, i'm great. i but and and i would want to say as well like when you're in a new industry especially like what we're doing gaming it's changing so rapidly that you should be trying new things and some of them will work really well and some of them won't and that's okay because you're not going to find the things that will work really well if you're not you know like throwing some darts at the dartboard and you you should be calculated about that and i think that we are but all right but we are falling back into last week's topic which okay. was talking about this guys whole thing. i'm feeling so, so if you want to hear more about this go watch last week's episode yeah uh because this week we have got a couple of new things to talk about largely big things have just happened uh this week yes and i think we're gonna open with what i have been doing for the past few days yes which is i got early access to cyberpunk which felt like, it, it, I almost, I felt like I was committing a crime or something just by, like, having it on my computer. Guys, and this is a happy boy that I am sitting next to right now. It was so, it was so, and oh my god, I've never seen security like it. For yeah. installing a game, it was unbelievable. Oh, really? I had to, I had to download a launcher, then I had to input a code into it, then I had to go into, like, a settings thing, thing within the game, input a second security code to access, like, this private channel. Oh then my that god. would allow me to launch the game. Game. Then when I launched the game, I had to input a third code to unlock the launching process of Dude. the game. And then that thing that I unlocked on that program is locked to one hardware. So I can't open it on any other computer That's in case my account crazy. got hacked. Wild. So I, secure. I feel like if I was a game developer, though, and I just spent the last two years of my life building this thing, like the idea yeah. of having an early leak would just break your heart which they've still happened a little bit but but nothing too bad and um has anything leaked yeah no there's been little bits of gameplay yeah. that have come out um I, I do i think overall people are gonna um be pretty impressed i don't know I, I think i think the hard thing about a game like cyberpunk i think what's gonna make this so so tough for people uh to like when they're going through and playing and, and also tough on like reception is that for the past it, this was announced like 10 years ago and then like <laughs> wait actually the, 10 years ago i think it was literally announced about 10 <laughs> years ago um and then it well it's definitely been in development for about that long okay and then it was about you know four years ago that they started like kind of posting the first like okay this is what the game looks like this is like the real hype so it's been building hype for four years everything they put out and everything they've told us about the game looks absolutely insane absolutely amazing people are expecting this to be the biggest 
like thing that redefines the future of gaming. Now, when this podcast comes out is going to be around the exact same minute that uh, the embargo breaks on being able to share gameplay. Yeah, so I'm personally, I'm going to be doing a live stream on it uh, as At soon as... At this point in time, Elliot is under an NDA, but we are timing this podcast. But I can so talk can, about it. We can talk about it. I can yeah. talk about my impressions of the game. So I am going to really, really, really quickly go into my my takeaways from playing Cyberpunk early. Okay. Because I think uh, there would be a little bit of interest. Uh, number one, I think that... I want to get off the bat. The game is amazing. I think that if you were to get handed this game out of nowhere, having never heard of it before, you would say it is a 9.5, a 9 out of 10. I think that the ratings you're going to... I think anyone who gives this game a 10 is a liar. I think anyone who gives this game less than a 7.5 is also a liar. I think you're going to see almost every review come between 7.5 and 9.5. The gameplay is insane. The graphics are unreal. Like, I, I can't believe that they've been building this game for this long. The level of detail is wild. The game runs incredibly. Uh, but it does have quite a few bugs. A lot of things despawn. Um, there's certain elements like police chases that just don't feel great. But the point is, very, very hyped game. I'm excited to see all the content people are going to make on it. But I do think it's going to be, like we've talked about before, one of those uh, YouTube games that... Uh, sticks around for you know like three weeks and then probably fades away a bit that's uh, kind of unbelievable that's unbelievable for me i mean I, and i think i guess time will tell but i feel like you've been right on the other games that have had that impact this year being four guys and among us namely but it's i mean on a personal note my heart breaks hearing that like on behalf of the developers that have just spent years and years and years of their life for you to they're here for a good like, time not a long time yeah, but I mean, I think, and we've had a number of conversations about this over the last couple of months about what it takes for a game to really break through and be a Fortnite, be a COD, be one of those games that has longevity on YouTube. And but it's interesting that you feel like even this, which is one of the most anticipated games of the year, isn't going to have that. But I don't think I don't think it's right though all the time to correlate uh, longevity on YouTube with success or quality or anything like that. Like at the end of the day, a game that is a crafted single player story is still like an absolute work of art in the gaming world. You know, yes. you look at like stuff like the the Spider Man games that came out. They're huge for a week or two, uh, and then you never really see them again because yeah. people have played through the campaign. But that said, like when you read a good book. Just because it's over and you're not still reading it doesn't mean that it wasn't an undeniably incredible experience. And I think that'll be cyberpunk. Now, I have heard that they are introducing like a whole multiplayer element to it, kind yep. of like GTA Online. Yep. But I will say that from what I've played of the game, I don't think it has any potential just in the way the world works to and i don't mean any potential but it does not have the potential to be as amazing as gta online or as right. broad or like it just doesn't have the creative freedom in the right areas to i think really become anything like a gta online yeah maybe i'm wrong though we'll find and out i think i think it's an interesting distinction to make because obviously this podcast is very much focused on the creator economy and the creator landscape and the YouTube Twitch content creation landscape within gaming. But that's not to say that you can't have an incredibly successful game that isn't 
commercially as long-term viable on YouTube? It's so interesting to me because I, I, I figured when, I don't know, CD Projekt Red as a company is so funny because I think there's so many companies out there where their core goal, their core drive, the way that they make games and run everything is like profit, 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 money, money, right. money. Don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, CD Projekt Red is a company, I believe, they, they have investors who obviously care about the profit that they're going to generate. Mm -hmm. But I still get that old school game development sense from them that right. they don't build games with profit being the core motivator behind them. Mm -hmm. And I think that I, I think that this game's been in development for so long and for what, like five, five, six years now, GTA Online has been a thing. Yeah. And you constantly hear about how it's generating billions of dollars in revenue. GTA Online, I'm pretty sure made Rockstar way more like by a large factor than selling the original game ever did. Right. Like just by the microtransactions that yes. happen within it. They had enough time to fully pivot the development of this game to really make it like play into a GTA Online style. Right. They didn't do it. I think because they they were like, nope, we have a vision. We want it to be this really strictly crafted open world. And I'm sure they'll find a way to make the multiplayer elements happen, but it really still doesn't strike me as a world that um, that is built around that. And also, at least unless they add it in the coming months, there's no microtransaction shop at the moment. Right. Which in a 2020 game is mind-blowing. Wow, that is mind-blowing. That really actually, is mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I mean, uh, but uh, actually, you know, it really is because the game is like broad as this, like even the ability to buy a certain car or a certain weapon or a certain skin or anything like that would generate so much money. Right. Yeah. And what what's the cost of the game? I mean, I don't want to get my currencies mixed up, but I believe $80. Okay. So it's, it's so kind of like a standard triple A. they more that old school triple A yeah. model where you're paying an upfront cost. Yes. I find this really interesting and we had a conversation. I love that paying an, paying an upfront cost for a product is like an old school model. Well, I mean, I think I think it is a distinct model and it's there are mm. two very, very different streams that games are typically going in now where it's either you are paying that upfront cost like $80 or you're going free to play with microtransactions. Yeah. And I tend to lean more to the free to play with microtransactions as a strength, I think, but it will be interesting to see how it goes. And Elliot and I did a, we did an episode earlier this year where we went into a lot of detail on pros and cons of those two models. So I'll link that below in the show notes or the YouTube description, depending on where you're watching. And you can go check that out after yeah. you finish listening to this. But long story short, with Cyberpunk, I would say my, uh, my final word, my, my advice on it is it is definitely an incredible game definitely recommend getting it uh I, i've talked to a lot of people a lot of friends who have been reviewing it and playing it i think that the the sentiment is the same across the board the game's not perfect it has flaws it has bugs it has certain things like police chases that you mm -hmm. wish worked better but at the end of the day the combat the detail of the world the immersiveness the story is all absolutely incredible and i think everyone i've talked to was giving it either an eight or a nine out of ten and of the creators that you know, how many, keeping in mind that this podcast is being recorded the day of release, it hasn't released yet, how many creators do you think are going to be streaming and playing this for content? I actually have no idea. 
because literally you weren't even un until 24 hours ago you weren't even allowed to say that you had a copy of it you weren't allowed to publicly disclose that you had cyberpunk right. early so i actually have no idea i think when the game comes out publicly publicly which is in i think about 20 is in more than when i'm going to be streaming it's yeah. about 24 to 36 hours i think you'll see everyone playing it every right. single live stream everyone's going to try every it. single i reckon you will see it dominate twitch absolutely wow for the space of like you know three days and then i think a week on it'll still be going strong and i think after two to three weeks you'll see it fall off quite heavily right but um all i know is i'm gonna be playing the hell out of it tonight i played through the first like six hours on or the six like six to eight hours when i was trying to record this video to post and then when i start on stream i'm gonna start a new game yeah. and i am excited to play through the game again. it releases at 10 p.m tonight australia time and elliot came to me yesterday he's like i'm trying to plan how i'm gonna like fit my sleep schedule around this i have no idea i'm gonna be playing i need tonight. to be awake from 10 p.m until uh, because i have a meeting at 10 a.m the next morning so and I'm so I'm gonna start playing at 10 p.m. I need to play for at least eight hours, which takes me to six or seven a.m. And then it's six or seven a.m. and I'm like, oh, I've got this meeting in a couple of hours, so Dude, I may as well keep playing. I couldn't do it. I, I can't. I couldn't do the bad sleep schedule life. I'm. I'm. I literally am going to need so many Bang Energy cans and coffees. <laughs> do I have one? No, I don't even have one here right now. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be a long night. Fun. Okay. Moving on to the next thing, guys. We have a super exciting announcement. Backbone. Backbone. Which, if you're watching, you can see right now. And if you're not, you, you can't. We're holding you, one in our you hands. You have to visualize it on the podcast. But our exciting announcement is that we have made a investment into a company called Backbone. You may have seen this. It released publicly about a month ago now and has investment from people like Mr. Beast, Quebblecop, Preston, Typical Gamer, um, a bunch of really big names in the creator space and the gaming space. And this morning, um, we announced that um, me, or as Click, you, Lannan, Laserbeam, and Fresh uh, are also joining alongside Marshmallow, Alesso, and their manager, Moshalizi, who who I certainly looked up to in a manager capacity. Um, but this is really, really exciting. Elliot, maybe you will be best explaining what is Backbone. Yeah, so Backbone is essentially something that I initially kind of like, I, I heard because Mr. Beast obviously mentioned it when he first started working with them. And uh, now this is going to probably at the opening of this spiel sound like a hashtag ad. Genuinely not. I think it's a super, super interesting product. And that's yeah. why of all the things we could have partnered on, this is the one that we picked. Uh, which at the start, when I saw Mr. Beast talking about it, I thought was as simple as the kind of basically a controller module for your phone for gaming. Yeah. Everyone knows that mobile gaming is growing bigger and faster than anything, you know, yeah. because all of a sudden you went from, I remember sitting at the bus stop in year four playing black and white snake on my little like Nokia Memories. brick that would just like go around and pick <laughs> up dots. These days you can play like Call of Duty could play Fortnite before it got banned. You Rip. play what are effectively AAA games on your phone on the go. So obviously this is going to be one of the fastest growing sectors of the gaming industry. And with and what I think is even more interesting and I don't think gets talked about enough in mobile. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Gaming. But now the ability to, for example, connect your phone to your console yes. and stream games direct onto your phone means you can effectively play any game on your Xbox on your mobile phone. Yeah. Services like Google Stadia and all the cloud gaming stuff that is get only getting bigger is also now going to be able to mean you can play AAA stuff on your phone. Yeah. So obviously the ability to actually turn your phone into a proper controller is more important than ever. Now, that's the core of what the product is. It's a controller that you can kind of put uh, onto either end of your phone and strap it in. But what I actually thought made their overall kind of like vision for the product so cool was trying to kind of actually create um beyond that almost like a software a software that really like backs that up yeah everything from kind of like a hub where you can kind of like store and browse and see all your games but also what i loved and i think as a creator and i know that when you know me lana and fresh were all talking about it that was the part that we were like okay that's that's actually what sets it apart is um basically the the share features that are all built into it yeah because they built into the app and on the controller itself like a quick record button that can either yes. do like a start record or it can do like a share the last 30 90 seconds of what you've done yeah and basically just may means that if you're gaming on mobile and you do something cool say you're playing cod mobile you hit a really cool shot hit the button all of a sudden bam you've got that clip it stores in the app if you want to like trim it down you can do it all from within the app yeah. basically I think it's just kind of taking, uh, and I think you see this a lot when new industries pop up. You have products pop up that do kind of like the base level service of what it needs, which I yeah. think there are other like kind of controllers that you can integrate yeah. with a phone. But I think Backbone more than anyone were kind of like, okay, cool. Yeah, controller on a phone, that's obviously something that's going to be more important. But now how do we actually make it better than anything yes and the ability to like share record upload clips all from within that kind of one ecosystem is so cool yeah it's so cool and i think i i remember when i first showed you the product you were like okay the controller that's cool but when we got on the phone with manit the ceo of backbone who um strikes me as someone that is incredibly smart but also incredibly enthusiastic and just he's so, so excited I got so much more excited just from listening to him talk. He was like giddy with excitement. And I'm yeah. like, I, and you know what it's I love? Infectious. You know what I love as well, though, is that like he's worked on the product for like two, years. two and a half years or something, yeah. right? And it's like at this point when you've like done something, you know, like me talking about how to make YouTube videos. I've been doing it for so long now. It used to excite me. But now I've just been doing it for ages. And I'm like, okay, like I don't really want to like explain why <laughs> I like doing YouTube. Like I, I just do it. Okay. Like it's it's what I do. I like it. Okay. I don't want to talk about it. But Manit would be like, you know, I could really go into detail about how like the side buttons of our L2 is like longer and has like a larger diameter than any other side button on any other mobile controller or even on controls you get on 
console. And you might be wondering why that's important. Well, that's because a lot of younger people play mobile phone games and obviously their fingers are shorter. So having <laughs> the larger buttons means that they have greater access to actually press those buttons. And I was like, okay, I've never thought about that. That's a really good point. Also, I love how excited you are. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's ama it's amazing. And and his, his energy was absolutely infectious. And for me, I think it's beyond making um, something like mobile gaming a better experience the whole um ethos around how this is going to make content creation much mm. easier is really really interesting to me as well because you know i obviously am um you know very lucky to be able to work with content creators that are really at top of their class and top of their game mind the pun but the setups that you guys have are incredibly expensive and we speak to and hear from so many kids, so many teenagers, so many young people who want to aspire to be able to make content and they're getting questions all the time on like, what setup do you use? What PC do you use? That sort of thing. And the reality is that the setups that all of the creators that are doing this full time right now um, are incredibly expensive. Like easily generally in the range of like ten to fifteen thousand dollars which is okay when you've built this to be a huge career and it's what you do but that's not realistic for everyone and i think what backbone does is it takes a device that so many people in the world have which is just a phone and gives you a piece of hardware and software that is incredibly affordable and makes that super accessible yeah definitely i think um <laughs> the other funny thing is the number of like, uh, like uh, me as a professional content creator, I have never been able to, and I mean never been able to figure out how the hell you record on a mobile phone. I don't know why. <laughs> it's so hard to me. Like there's so many apps that you download, but then those apps, are, they don't they don't integrate with the software properly. So it tries to record the game audio by playing it out the speaker of yes, the phone yes. and then recording it back in. Yes. And the quality shot and it's got like crap all over it. And like literally I've had mobile game sponsored video offers before where it's been like a really great offer for a sponsored deal. And it's been like a mobile battle royale game, for example. I've literally had to be like, I would love to do it. I can't because I don't know how to make mobile recordings <laughs> work and it stresses me out. And now the idea that I could literally just plug that in and just be like, good to go is so, so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you just think about yeah, you just think about how accessible that's going to be, how many people have a phone, that how many people game, yeah. how many people want to be creators. Like, to me, it's just such a symbiotic relationship between all of those different um, stakeholders. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's super exciting. And more generally, I'm really excited and thinking a lot at the moment about how creators are getting involved with businesses from an equity perspective, because it's something that I think we've touched on in a previous episode as well. But uh, where I really see that there's going to be a whole lot of activity, and that would be one of my predictions for 2021, is that we're going to see more of these sort of deals coming out on the market. Yeah. Because for the creators at the top of their game, being real, they're getting approached by companies and and game developers and businesses all the time to do sponsorships, all the time. And for a lot of them, what that sponsorship revenue is, isn't going to be moving the needle a huge amount for them. And, and they have a lot of opportunities. So the ones that they take, they need to be really, really excited about from a creative perspective. And I think 
you know, when you're a creator and you're getting into those sort of later stages of your life cycle and you've been grinding for a long time and you're thinking about like, okay, how am I actually going to expand my business and make what I'm doing a long-term career move? It's, it is investing. It's, it's figuring out those longer term opportunities that you're going to be able to get excited about over the long term. Um, and I think that's where we're seeing more and more creators recognizing their own value as well and what they're able to bring to the table and wanting to be able to not only promote products, but actually have a say in the direction of that. And I think yeah. that's where Backbone's done a really good job in terms of getting creators involved early in the piece. Um, and really taking on their guidance in terms of what they know works for an audience and and um, is able to sort of yeah hit that mass that mass audience yeah. um, and that's where I think it's really exciting. I also think it's very exciting from a startup perspective and and from the business side because a lot of these startups might have brilliant ideas, might have incredible concepts or products they generally don't have the cash that's required to be doing big deals with big creators. And so if they're able to create a symbiotic relationship between the business and a creator, that's going to be able to add a huge um, marketing funnel for them and, and cons consultation on what's going to work in the market, then I think there is a huge, huge value, value add there. And I think, at, at, yeah, like I think ultimately as well as, as like companies that do it, I think the main reason that I, I really love it is that like you say, creators have so many opportunities in front of them as to what yeah. they can do and who they can partner with and what they can do sponsored stuff with. And I think that when it comes to, obviously when it comes to like investing in things, you don't do that as liberally or don't do that as no. freely or openly. So I think that, you know, it's one thing to have your, you know, like someone you watch and someone who, uh, you know, whose videos you love come out and say, hey, today's video is sponsored by this product here, yeah. you know? And then it's kind of like, okay, like you're endorsing it because like it's, it's like a paid advert and you're showing off what it is. But I think it speaks to a much, much higher level of like belief in the product when it's kind of you know no no it's like no i've actually like i i believe in it i put my own money in it i'm getting involved in it yeah i'm like this is like a long-term and thing ultimately that's where creators are able to add the most value is when they yeah. do have that true belief because the relationship that you have with your audience is is so much based on trust yeah same as fresh same as lannan they're not going to promote something if they don't you know, feel good about the fact that they're recommending to their audience that they buy that product and that it's going to be a good fit for them. And from an audience perspective, you know, you want to be able to trust the creator that, you know, you like the kind of games that Elliot usually plays or the kind of clothes that whoever wears or whatever. And therefore, when they recommend a product, you're going to be much more likely to make a purchasing decision based on that. Yeah. Um, so I think if you know that a creator really is long-term invested, then the outcomes um, from a sales perspective are going to be much, much stronger there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So on that note, guys. <laughs> Check out Backbone. You can go to playbackbone.com, get your own. Um, no, but for real, it is an amazing product and it's an amazing price point as well. Like a hundred US dollars for this. Um, for something that is not only a controller, but also like full capture software enabling. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel like this is going to be the kind of things that, is just going to hit that kids market and yeah. that casual gaming market so hard kids that yeah obviously aren't buying pcs and that sort of thing but are just going to be like this is what i want yeah. to make my phone um literally not just a phone but a 
full-scale gaming device and content creation device. So we're really, really excited about this. Um, It's this has been an area like for me on a personal note that I've been wanting to get involved in a lot more. And over the last six months or so, we've had a number of different opportunities to invest in different businesses. And as Elliot said, you're not going to do that as liberally as you would um, perhaps like brand deals or, or, you know, whatever else. And um, so it's been a process for us to, you know, figure out what we feel like is going to be a really good fit for us. And I, and I hope that this is the first of the first of a number that we do over the next year or so, but I'm, I'm so confident and so excited and, um, and truly like feeling very honored that we were able to have the opportunity to um, get behind this and, and um, be part of the backbone team. So. Absolutely. Very exciting. All right. What else, Elliot? What's going on? What's going on in the news this week? Logan Paul fighting Floyd Mayweather. He, I can't believe it. He took on. Uh, I who, thought it was a joke. Who did? Who did Floyd Mayweather fight last? Uh, you know the the notorious MMA, um, the the Irish dude, Scottish oh, dude. Oh God, yes, yes. Oh my God, Elliot, we can't get this wrong. The point is, Logan Paul somehow got a fight set up with Floyd Mayweather, one of the all-time boxing greats. I think he's what fifty and O or something like that, Olympic bronze medalist. Now, to be fair, he is, I believe, like 43 or something at this stage. So he's getting on. He's not in his boxing prime. But he is still an undeniably, absolutely incredible boxer. And the idea that Logan Paul, someone who has never won a fight and, in fact, lost a fight against another YouTuber, is going to be taking him on is kind of crazy. But if by some miracle... He actually won. It would be insane. Now, the numbers behind that actually kind of apparently okay. leaked today. I don't, what numbers? The numbers behind what their incentive is for each of them oh. to actually do the fight. Okay. Um, I haven't seen this. So. They're not 100% confirmed, but, they're about, but they do because make sense. Pause for a second on that. My initial thing is like, why would Floyd Mayweather agree to this? Money. Like, it's... Well, I'm about to hear, I guess. Only but, um Because I was like, this doesn't look great for him. I don't think from a publicity perspective, it's kind of random. Like, he's proven his value. Like, he really doesn't need to be fighting YouTubers at this point. No hate to YouTubers. Obviously, I love YouTubers, but um, I, I just know. I, I, I just don't I, think I he cares. I don't think he, I just don't think... I think he's in a okay, later so stage me, of his... What are the dollars? What's the bag? Okay, so apparently... Not 100% confirmed, but I think relatively solid rumors. He Floyd Mayweather gets 500 million. Uh, sorry, 500 million. Five million dollars up front and 50% of all pay-per-view sales. Okay. So that's a lot. Now compared to that, Logan Paul is getting five percent of all pay-per-view sales and then two hundred thousand dollars up front. So oh wow, basically okay. less than a tenth of what Floyd is getting. Wow. Which is a pretty big disparity, but also is pretty much what you'd expect. Now, the interesting thing is, uh, like, I know Ballpark, what their numbers that they made from the previous fights were, like the KSI Logan ones. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, still depending on the pay-per-view, but because that could go completely insane. And I'm sure he'll still make well over, like, a million with his 5%. But the point is, you can clearly see this for Logan isn't a money thing. This yes. is a this is a clout thing of yes. being able to fight 
Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Now, the question is... And for Floyd, it's about the money. For Floyd, it's only about the money. Yeah, there's there's no there's no honor okay. in beating up a YouTuber. Um, but I think the real question is is going to be, is there honor in it, and is there clout in it for Logan Paul if he just gets beaten up? <sighs> like I totally get why he wants to do this. Oh, like I'm kind of out of my depth on this one. Like the opportunity, I don't know. yeah, the opportunity is crazy. But you know what, actually. I reckon if Logan Paul went out there, got his face smashed in in round one, just got absolutely ruined, that he would literally just sell t-shirts with his smashed face on it the next day and make millions of dollars. I'm interested to know what the boxing world thinks about all this. They hate it. Everywhere I, I've read, they hate it. Really? Because I heard that Jake Paul apparently contributed to 50% of the pay-per-view sales for the fight that happened a week and a half ago. Um rumored as well but i don't know that's a lot of it's i i'm just I, the, curious to see the like true, someone's someone's obviously seeing that there's value in this the true measure is going to be i think this this fight because this this next fight i mean obviously youtubers can sell tickets we saw that with ksi logan paul yes um because I, they made millions of dollars in pay-per-view on that now i think the real tell though is going to be this next fight as well because that's one that is untainted by really kind of like it's undeniable like unlike the the fight that happened the other week uh where with you know jake paul um is that this next one is going to be very clearly you're only interested in watching floyd mayweather box a youtuber if the idea of a youtuber boxing is something that is interesting to you yeah now i think what's funny is that most of the time, uh, the motivation for people watching these fights is like either A, wanting to see the best of the best compete and some real top tier talent, or B, really, really kind of like going for your favorite fighter and wanting wanting them to win, believing in them. I feel like people watch these YouTuber fights because you know they're going to be a shit show. You know it's just going to be, you don't know what's going to happen. You have no clue. But you're not really like super invested in the technical skill of the fight you're no. more invested in just seeing what happens it's, it's kind of like a very a slow wild motion train corner of the internet this i mean it's a big corner of the internet but i i thought this was a fad of 2017 but apparently not no 2021 we're only getting crazier we're still here and it's in february that's soon it's yep. like not a lot of time to like know that you're going to be training against floyd mayweather but it's gonna be wild all right, guys. Well, that wraps up our second last episode for the year of Watch Time. Thank you guys so much for being around. Um, we're thrilled to announce our investment in Backbone. I'm excited for you tonight with Cyberpunk. And I feel like we're ending the year on a bunch of highs, which is really exciting. Yeah, definitely good vibes to end the year. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe below and let us know what you think about the episode in the comments. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please subscribe. It was actually on a last note to end. It was such a highlight to see how many of you guys had watch time appearing in your Spotify wrapped um, analysis and how many people had watch time as like a number one podcast. Um, it made me it made me feel very lucky that we've got this little community and, and we're, we're so grateful. Definitely. So, all right, guys, we'll see you guys next week. Peace bye out. bye. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.